Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues and the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. And uh, let's see, I believe it's all retired this evening. We have um, Special Agent Mike Roach. We also have Lieutenant Bob Kroll. Uh, you're going to do a lot of talking uh, um, today, Bob. Uh, we've also got Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrea Casal, and Producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tope.com, and we are fueled by Bank Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make this show happen. Police One, a Florida trooper performs a triple pit maneuver to stop a fleeing felon. Ideally, as in law enforcement, we would like to execute it um, one time, not three times. But um, Orange County, Florida. So FHP, they arrested a Central Florida man. They say it was a wanted felon. Um, so they helped out FHP. They helped out Brevard County Sheriff's Office deputies take Daniel Allen Harris, 33 years old, into custody on Wednesday afternoon. Um, so we go on the Broward, uh, Brevard deputies. They see our bad guy Harris's vehicle. It's a white Kia. You know, all bad guys, I think, drive Kias. I'm kind of getting that from all of these articles. Um, so it's in a parking lot. They run a, a check on the plate, and they find out that the guy is registered to as a felony warrant for terroristic threats. So before the deputy could remove Harris from the vehicle, the guy escapes. In the final moments of the chase, the arrest could be seen in the video. So FHP trooper Sean Mack, uh, they say, received the call around 2 9 in the afternoon that Brevard deputies were pursuing this guy, Harris. So trooper Mack and... Oh, I guess the Kia traveling, they're going, I guess they're traveling on the interstate 55 to 75 miles an hour, changing lanes multiple times. This is the Kia doing all this and making no attempt to stop. And the trooper says, despite my emergency lights and sirens being activated. So guys, hold that thought. Another commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. So look, if you spend any time inside an armored vehicle, you know how cluttered that world can be. And the same is true of cruisers. Well, there's a new product line out by Tactote that takes advantage of all that steel. Now, Tactote's products allow you to store a variety of gear at an arm's reach using magnetic technology. 
extra magazines, med kits, less lethal breaching tools. They often have a portable magnetic stage solution, just to name a few. So guys, if you're looking to get your patrol cars or your armored vehicles more organized and also to be able to deploy faster, check out tac-tote.com. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. We left off where this Kia is going 55 to 75 miles an hour. And I didn't really know Kias could go that fast, David, but it's changing lanes multiple times. No attempt to stop despite the uh, lights and sirens. So Sergeant Spencer Ross um, tries to slow down our bad guy Harris by breaking in front of him before he needed to use a pit maneuver for the last time. But yeah, there were yeah there were three different pits, so it's kind of all to watch on video. Um, you're rooting for the good guys, but you're hoping they get it on the first time, David. What do you think? Well, they did get it on the first time. That the the lead trooper did his job. The pit vehicle spun the guy out nicely. There's got to be follow through, guys. There's got to be follow through. A pit is just not spinning a car out. You spin a car out, they're just gonna okay, and then drive away again. The following cars have to pin the vehicle in. Um, if that doesn't happen, it's, they're just going to drive away unless you ro roll them into a ditch and they roll over or somehow otherwise get stuck on the guardrail or some other place. Um, so the, even the, I think this, after the second or third pit, the second pit, I think the, the car, another, the trooper came up and actually jammed him a little bit harder, um, and stopped the car. Um, I don't know how much of a little known fact this is, but on a lot of new cars out there, there's a. A, uh, a fuel pump uh, disabling device that when a car gets into a wreck, um, there's a little almost like a fuse that pops that cuts the fuel supply to the engines to try to decrease the risk of fires and stuff like that. Um, so perhaps that happened. Perhaps that's why the guy couldn't drive away the second time. Um, if, if, but no follow through guys, the, the other vehicles have to come up and pin them in. You, you, you you can't do a pit and just leave them hanging out there in space. It just doesn't work. Thanks. Andrea. Yeah, I actually thought that the initial trooper did a, you know, I thought he did a great job and he was heads up, you know, every single time that he tried to pit the car. But I think that is, you know, to Dave's point, you have to know, you know, if we're going to pit the car, you have to know what your job is and, and what you should do. And um, I just, I don't think, I mean, we didn't see that. I liked, I liked the pit though. I mean, I always love a good pit. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Uh, Lieutenant Kroll. They had no shortage of backup cars either. I think there was about 10. It's on, well, why aren't, why aren't they springing into action and doing like David said, pin this guy in? They just It was a one-man show with an audience of 10. Yeah, and you, it, Bob, to that point, when I'm watching the initial video, that's all you see is the pit, the pit vehicle doing its job. But then it switches up to the helicopter view, and there's like a whole swarm of cop cars behind this one this one trooper that keeps pitting him, keeps pitting him, keeps pitting him, and they're just sitting back there watching. I'm going, come on, guys, get involved. But uh, they, they got him stopped eventually. All right, excellent. I'd have to say right. that, um, yeah, I was impressed with the agility of the Kia. I didn't know that, that those uh, cars were that agile. Uh, I may actually have to put one on my buyer's list going forward. And speaking I, of buying, uh, let me go back to Bob's book that he was just talking about. I just pulled it up. 64 five-star recommendations. So, I mean, that, that tells you that, uh, you know, it's, it's graining, gaining traction there. So I just purchased mine. Amazon. I just there you go. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Look at that. 
All right, you're gonna see Bob's wife jumping, like jumping up and down in the background of the video, you know, saying, "You do kaching, kaching." Hey guys, I forgot to mention. I thought Randy was gonna be on tonight, but she's gonna be on Randy Sutton's show on Tuesday. That's right. So, uh, so good, good for her. And you know, I, and and you know what? Maybe we need to get her on this show. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know. So. All right, uh, moving along here, we've got policemag.com, heroic Florida officer honored with a monument that, ma- that was made from his crash patrol car. Now, look, some of us actually work with uh, Jesse Madsen. So when Tampa police officer Jesse Madsen steered his police vehicle into the path of a wrong-way driver last March, he made a split-second decision that cost him his life, but likely saved the lives of other drivers on Interstate uh, 275. So Tampa police officer Jesse Madsen was killed March of 2021 while protecting other drivers from a wrong way driver. And on Tuesday, his family and fellow officers watched as a new law enforcement memorial was unveiled at District 1 headquarters, according to Fox 13. So it's a metal sculpture made from parts of his mangled patrol car, along with guns that were taken off the street. The sculpture depicts a majestic lion, six feet tall, ready to pounce, and the lion statue honoring Officer Madsen and other fallen camp officers incorporates Parts of Madsen's patrol vehicle. Uh, the article had a picture of it. It was just very touching. Uh, the sculpture was created by a Tampa metal artist named uh, Dominique Martinez uh, or Martinez, and he's owner of Rustic Steel. So um, I, I thought that was all done in very, very good taste. So um, I know David knew Jesse and uh, and Andrea did too. So um, guys, if there's no comments on that, I'll move to our next one. Um, I've got another video here. We've got Decatur. It's on Rumble. This is Butter. Decatur detective was injured when a suspect in a large sport utility vehicle rammed a squad car. So we've got um, Decatur police detective um, injured when this guy rams him. The ordeal. Now, it, it's kind of, it, I start getting flags when I start reading this statement, but it says, this was hardly a new experience for Detective Jason Hess. He survived two previous attempts to ram his police vehicle. One of the incidents is now being prosecuted as a case of attempted murder. The last trouble arrived at the night of October 18th when Detective Hess used his unmarked squad car with red and blue lights activated to try and block in a Chevy Suburban. That's a big ride, driven by 42-year-old uh, Decatur man. So the man was a wanted felon, revoked driver's license. He had fled from officers earlier in the evening when they broke off a chase because it got unsafe. So this time they boxed uh, they boxed in with Hess's vehicle facing um, our, our detective. The wanted man decided he was going to force his way out. So he starts shifting his Suburban in the drive and he starts ramming the front of the detective's vehicle. But at that time, the detective was trying to get back into the driver's seat of his car and that's when he uh, when he got hurt. The, the force of the impact pushed the unmarked vehicle backwards, and and the inside of the driver's door, you know, hit him, and uh, he got abrasions and was bleeding and stuff. And so the uh, driver fled again, hit speed of seventy miles an hour in a thirty mile an hour zone, which is why they called it the chase um, a day or two earlier. Uh, but his tires this time were deflated after they deployed spike strips, and he was captured. And uh, when his vehicle, you know, went to the ground, um, David. You know, I thought I saw when one of the officers was, were, was coming up on the passenger side of the Suburban, 
I thought I saw him throw something underneath the car, and I was wondering if it was spike strips, and, and that kind of answered the question when they said that they did deploy him. So I'm guessing that that's when they did it. Getting called off by by. All right, guys, time for another commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, look, let's talk about the wounded blue. Lieutenant Randy Sutton could not be on the show this evening, but he is having Bob Cole's wife on his show this week, so I suggest you check it out. But we're here to talk about the wounded blue. It's the woundedblue.org. So, look, uh, if you're someone that wants to support people that are suffering from PTSD or officers that are not being taken taken care of by the department, um, the woundedblue.org is a, a charity, a nonprofit, a 501c3 that will not let you down and they will not embarrass you. So I highly recommend that you guys check them out. Also, they have some really cool gear, shirts, mugs, all kinds of stuff. Randy's always wearing the shirts. On In fact, a lot of us have the, uh, the shirts and stuff too, and we support um, the charity. Uh, but the woundedblue.org, um, they are always looking for good volunteers who have gone through uh, PTSD issues, and they help um, officers recover from PTSD. They have counselors. They have an 800 line to call into. So great organizations. So please check them out again at thewoundedblue.org. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Um, if there are no other comments on the uh, last one, I'm going to jump into this um, police mag story. We have a Colorado officer. Now, look, we covered this story. I believe Andrea was on the show. Um, Colorado officer was called incompetent before a patrol car was hit by a train, seriously injuring a suspect. Now, I remember um, I was under the impression that it was the, the female officer um, that they had on film on uh, body cam was the one who had parked a car, and I was wrong. It was actually a male officer, as was pointed out by some of the some of our viewers that watched the video, and they were typing on YouTube about it, correcting me. Uh, but uh, the uh, Platteville, Colorado police sergeant who left his patrol car on the railroad tracks last month with a handcuffed prisoner inside. Wow, amazing video. He was hired. Uh, by Platteville police, even though a commander at his previous department recommended that he be demoted. His colleagues labeled him incompetent. And another officer said that Sergeant Pablo Vasquez, quote, has a dangerous lack of radio awareness, unquote. So, um, wow, that's how that happened. So the person that got hit by the train in the car in his custody survived. But uh, Lieutenant Kroll. Where's the background checks? I, I mean, I honestly, I, re, I remember them going back to, to high school on me and talking with neighbors where I grew up and things like that. And when you got another agency giving you such a poor recommendation, how in the world are you, are you getting hired? I just don't, I don't get it. Um, you'd think that when another agency gives the thumbs down, they do a close examination and you wouldn't be in law enforcement, but maybe that's a, it's an area, area by area thing or city by city. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, it's kind of hard to, to, to be sympathetic towards the agency. I mean, you know, when you, when they, when they knowingly get a bad cop on. I just had that conversation with somebody earlier this week, the agency that I used to work for actually um, ended up letting somebody go. And one of the other local agencies just picked them up. I don't, I don't know how it happens. I really don't. I mean, it's just, there's no communication. We're not, you know, I, I don't understand how we're letting those things slide. If you don't cut it at one, I mean, there's gotta be a reason if you have documentation to show, you know, why that didn't happen, you know, it just shouldn't, we shouldn't see that happening all the time. Well, they end up being in Mike Roach's book. They become mass killers, Andrea. That's very interesting. I can't wait. I can't wait to read your books, Mike. See, I'm going to read them and I'm going to put myself right in the book. Okay. There you go. Um, it was a case I worked on uh, with an agency uh, individual had uh, made some threats to um, 
cause harm to the president. And um, so he was subsequently fired. And um, again, there was some issues with his background as well. But I mean, the other thing was I was concerned with this is that he was going to land up with, you know, some other smaller department because departments, especially today, are becoming much more desperate to, to fill the ranks and uh, especially some of these smaller departments. So, you know, it took me over a year. You know, I had to keep going down to uh, various hearings with uh, uh, the state certification board to make sure that they would strip him of his uh, certification. Wow. That's, that's kind of scary. Um, we'll move it along. Good content. Thank you, uh, Andrea and Mike. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of stories here. Police mag and police one. Off-duty California officer shoots himself and he kills a bystander while cleaning a gun. So he's off-duty. It's a Santa, Santa Cruz, California, where I just left. Officer accidentally shot through his own hand and then hit and killed a 20-year-old man last week, according to the Salinas Police Department. So Officer Francisco Villacana was cleaning his personal gun on Friday around 5.45 in the afternoon in Salinas when he mistakenly fires the single round that killed Luis Alfredo Ferro Sanchez. And we have another article, an off-duty California officer dies after accidentally shooting himself. Uh, not a lot of information on this one, but this happened in L.A. So an off-duty Colton police officer died Thursday after accidentally shooting himself. And this was investigated by the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office. The officer identified as Lorenzo Morgan. He calls dispatchers, tells them that he accidentally had shot himself, was on the side of the road in his vehicle, and he died after being taken to the hospital. So we, we have some... Uh, accidental shooting stuff going on with law enforcement. And I kind of wish Brett was on the show because he's a, uh, you know, he got, he's a gun learn guy and he's still, uh, he's a firearms expert, uh, but go ahead, Dave. You know, I, I'd love to know more about what happened. I don't think they said or specified if it was his duty weapon, the guy in the car that shot himself that died, was it his duty weapon? Was it a, a, a secondary weapon? Where did, they didn't go into a lot of detail. So that one's kind of, strange to say the least in his car um I'm, I'm not i don't remember ever the policy that said you know go ahead and clean your gun while you're sitting in your police car on duty i'm not sure about that one um the guy at home i mean and we've all heard stories and there's been a plethora of stories of cops um civilians everybody if you handle guns long enough and you and you make that silly mistake uh, if somebody leaves one in the, in the, in the chamber and it goes off, uh, this is fantastically horrific as it goes through his hand and then strikes someone else and kills them. That's just beyond bizarre. Uh, you can't make this stuff up, but again, not enough, not really enough detail. What, you know, where was this other person? Were they down the road somewhere? Did the bullet go out a window and hit them? It, it was just bizarre, bizarre. Agreed. Thanks to the crew for making yourselves available, but everybody has a wonderful Halloween week. And thank you to our sponsors. Uh, we have Motion DSP, Guardian Life Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.life, CAC-Tote.com, and also we are fueled by Bank Energy. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.